basketball season right around the horizon. Nobody better in my area than my guest today, one Mr. Vilpito. How are you, sir? Good, Steve. Uh, great to be with you again. I hope you're doing well. Ah, you know, we were talking a little bit before. Nick's a lot of excitement. Realistically, what what's a baseline prediction for them? So the Vegas over-under last year was way off. I think it was like 21, and of course they won 41 games. I don't know that they're going to double up the Vegas uh, over-under this year, but I think that Vegas has them at like 41 and a half. I think 45 wins is a realistic goal. I think top six in the East is a realistic goal. They have tremendous depth, and I know it's been only two preseason games, but they are showing – a real ability not only to take the three, but hit the three. And that's just going to make things a whole lot easier on offense. Hopefully this year, it won't be so exhausting for them every time down on the offensive end of the floor, and they'll be able to get a lot more easy uh, baskets. So far, so good. When I talked to you last, it was right after the disappointing loss to Atlanta in the playoffs. And I asked you a couple of things that you wanted them to do. And then they acted on him. Derek Rose is back. Burks is back. Noel bringing in Kemba Walker. These moves paid incredible dividends last year. Do you think that they'll have a similar effect on this team? Well, I, I think if you look at the change in the top 10 uh, in terms of the rotation, Mitch Robinson obviously is uh, he's been out. He missed most of last year with the hand and the foot. Once he's good to go, you have him. And if I were to tell you, Steve, that you could trade Alfred Payton for Kemba Walker, I think you'd say yes. If I were to tell you you could trade Reggie Bullock for Evan Fournier, I think you'd say yes. So they've added Fournier and Walker. They've lost Payton and Bullock, and Mitchell Robinson hopefully will be healthy. This could be an improved team, an improved team that went 41 and 31 that plays great defense and hopefully will do a better job, an easier job, have a better time of it on offense. Fournier is better than Bullock in terms of creating his own shot. He's much more apt to get the free throw line. Uh, Alfred Payton was a, was a big problem and Kemba Walker uh, should be a drastic improvement on that. And if Walker and Rose can both stay healthy, play about 24 minutes each, Plus Fournier, you could have a heck of a deal going to the backcourt. Kemba Walker struggling last year, you know, not shooting the way we were accustomed to seeing the injuries. Do you think now that they have a real six-man-of-the-year candidate like Derrick Rose behind him that that alleviates some pressure he may have been facing during his tenure in Boston? Well, you know, you have a lot of things potentially going in Walker's favor. You don't have the pressure of a huge contract. And you have what looks to be at least like a plan where he's not going to have to play more than half the game. If you look at the box scores from the first two preseason games, it's amazing. Each of the two guys, Rose and Walker, played exactly 20 minutes. Um, so if that's how it's going to be, I think uh, it's a great plan because we saw what happens to Rose when he plays over 30-some-odd minutes. He broke down a little bit down the stretch last year in the playoffs. And Walker's got that chronic knee problem. So you hopefully get the maximum out of those two if uh, the minutes are kept in check. 
I think I know your answer. I hope it's the same as mine, but what player has to be on that next level if this next team wants to return to the playoffs? I think R.J. Barrett has to take the next step. Uh, and when you look at the preseason, they've had such great balance. And then you look at the box score and R.J. Barrett put up 18 points, uh, I think, in each game. <laughs> His jump shot looks even better. We all know how well it got in terms of improvement from year two versus year one. It looks even better now in year three. It's got good rotation on it. He got more arc on it. Um, yeah, if R.J. Barrett can take that next step and become an all-star, then you really could have something. I really hope so, too. I, I think my favorite thing about, like, cheering for the Knicks is, like, defending R.J. Barrett because I know he has it, and I want to see it so desperately. And I, I think year three, you know, you're going to see that next level of his game. You know, uh, he took a huge stride uh, last year. One thing to watch as well is what happens to him on defense. Without Bullock there, he is welcome and open to the challenge, potentially guarding the other team's top player. Bullock filled that role last year. We've mentioned Bullock is now in Dallas, so maybe RJ is going to have to pick things up a little bit on the defensive end as well. Does Julius Randle have to be, you know, the most improved player he was in 2020 for this team to return to the playoffs? Or you think that they've rounded into good enough form and have enough depth that he doesn't have to be that guy all the time? I hope uh, for his sake, he doesn't have to work as hard and play as many minutes. He led the league in minutes played last year. We've mentioned the addition of Fournier. That should help. The addition of Walker should help. Should make things easier for the starting five. But also of note here, Obi Toppin looks like a different player. Last year as a rookie, he didn't have the benefit of summer league. Developed late in the year last year. Had summer league this summer and looks much more assertive and much more confident so far in the preseason. So if he can play instead of eight to ten minutes, can play 18 minutes behind Randall, that could be a huge help for the Knicks and a huge help for Julius Randall. And another rookie the Knicks had last year, Manuel Quickly, also didn't get summer league time. And then he did this summer. I think the two of them coming off the bench, just this spark of youth is going to speak wonders for the team that's leaning towards older players now, but has this young nucleus that's really going to be able to shine, I think. All right, let's the second five now basically intact. If Mitch is healthy, you got Noel, you got Obi, you got Quickly, you got Burks, and you got D Rose. That is a great potentially second five. And if quickly, to me, I just wish he would quit chucking some of these shots up, a little bit better shot selection. Obviously, he's instant offense in a lot of uh, cases, but he and D. Rose are an excellent tandem. Burks is really good at creating his own shot, very good at hitting the open shot. Their second five is poised here, even uh, with Noel being a little bit shaken up here so far, not playing in the preseason, but you figure Noel's going to be healthy and then an improved topping. That second five could be key. Is there a player on this roster right now who the basketball world may not think of as a household name or even know their name that's going to become that guy? You know, I like Jericho Sims a lot. Uh, he was a second-round draft pick. The problem is I don't know if he's going to get a lot of time. Because if Mitch is healthy, Mitchell's – and Noel, you figure, be a top two centers with Taj not playing a lot. And then Sims even a step behind those three. But 
because Noel's been banged up and Mitch has been banged up in preseason. We've seen some of Sims and his athleticism looks like it's going to help the Knicks down the line. And it could create more roster flexibility because Robinson's contract is up at the end of this year. And the Knicks have these big bodies now. If Sims can develop, it gives them a lot of leverage in the potential negotiations with Robinson. What happened with Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota, the first year they overperformed, they made the playoffs. And then after that, it kind of went downhill and we got to where we are now. Is there any chance of that history repeating itself? Or you think that this is the right situation for him now? I think there's no way that that happens. I think uh, unlike the group in Minnesota, this Knicks group likes to play. You know, there are a lot of people that do things professionally because they're good at it, but not necessarily invested in. I don't know that Carl Anthony Towns was that invested in Minnesota and some of the other young guys. The Knicks, to a man, love to practice. They're gym rats. They're always working. They're always shooting. They're always working on drills. So I think it's a perfect mix between coach and roster. They have gone out of the way to make sure that the guys on the roster love to play basketball. And I don't think, therefore, there's going to be anything like what happened in Minnesota. Speaking of expectations, you obviously have a key role for, you know, everybody who watches the game. We see you before the game, in the middle of the game, and right after. This is a team that the fans have expectations that haven't been seen in years. Does that change the way you go into the season or not really? Well, I, I can tell you, Wally, myself, Alan Hahn, we are really excited. Uh, we are really excited. Our job is enjoyable always, but even more so when the team is competitive and relevant. There's nothing like coming on a post-game show after an exciting win. And we had a lot of those last year. Uh, expectations are the highest they've been in a while. So uh, we're all really excited to see what's going to happen. Again, I think 44, 45 wins is a really realistic goal, and that's going to make it a great season for everybody. Knicks are back on Christmas this year. You guys, do you have to do the pre and post game show because it's a national game or no? No, uh, Christmas we're not, but we are uh, opening night, the 20th, against Boston's on ESPN. We're doing an hour pregame show and a postgame show that night, even though we don't have the game on our air. Most of the time, except for the playoffs, we don't do programming when we don't have the game. But opening night this year is going to be an exception. The Garden back at full capacity for the first time in too long and with a team that, you know, as we said, expectations. The first couple of games and just throughout the season, what do you think that's going to be like? Well, you know, it's going to have an interesting impact on the team when things are going well and also when things may not be going well and also can impact the opposition. I think the crowd being there, if things are going well, there's nothing like it. If things aren't going well, there's nothing like it. And also motivate the opposition because uh, there's nothing quite like the New York crowd. So that's an interesting dynamic that we didn't have last year, a full house from start to finish here. You know, the Knicks haven't played a home regular season game at MSG since the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020. It's almost been a year and a half, year and a half. So it's going to be exciting, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of impact it's going to have on everything. It's going to be great if things are going well. We know that. If you had to 
say what this 2020, 20, 2021-2022 Knicks team, of team of the past it reminds you of, who would they be? In terms of the Knicks uh, history? Yeah, like a past Knicks team. I think they're going to be an outlier. I, this is my 13th year at MSG. Uh, I've been on uh, the set now for 13 years. They've made the playoffs three times. Once with D'Antoni, once with Woodson, and last year. I think this is the deepest team that we've seen. Not only do you have the second five that we talked about, but you have McBride and Grimes, who right now are probably going to be out of the rotation. But I think that they'll be ready to go if uh, somebody gets banged up, Kemba Walker or Derrick Rose, what have you. I don't think you can find a similar comparison in my time at MSG even going back prior to my time at MSG, because I don't think we have seen a depth of roster that we're going to see this year. That being said, is there, let's say, a West Coast team? Who do you like? I know it's incredibly early. Not everybody's played their preseason games. But is there a West Coast team that you think is going to be playing for the Larry O'Brien? I don't know. I, I tell you, one team I like in the East is Miami because people talk about Lowry, but don't forget about P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is a great veteran role player that had a lot to do with Milwaukee winning the championship. I think Miami's got a heck of a shot to come out of the East. In the West, I think you probably have to, you know, keep an eye on the Lakers with the addition of Westbrook. They have Westbrook, of course, now and LeBron and Anthony Davis. The one thing, if I were a Laker fan, that I'd be concerned about is potential lack of outside shooting. We all know that in today's NBA, you have to have that aspect. And I don't know that they have anybody. Obviously, got Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Melo was really a great contributor in Portland. But I, I don't know that they have enough outside shooting to, to go all the way. Although I think they're going to be a definite factor uh, in the Western Conference for sure. Your final prediction, 44, 45 wins for this next team? 44, 45 wins for the Knicks. Top six finish. Fingers crossed on advancing out of the first round of the playoffs. Not going to guarantee that, but fingers crossed on that. That's, that's actually a good top six. You said that. Is, that. is a team like Atlanta, who was directly below the Knicks and then knocked them out, is that a team that you could see you know, being one of the two teams above them in terms yeah, of I think Atlanta, I think Miami is going to be, uh, be there. You know, people talk about Indiana. I, I think the Knicks are better than Indiana. I would watch Chicago. They have uh, ball and DeRozan. Uh, they're going to be much improved. I have, I know the Nets will be top six. I don't have a lot of faith in what's going to happen with them. I think the Sixers with Ben Simmons could struggle a bit, but they'll be top six. So you got the Nets. Bucks, Sixers, Atlanta, Miami, New York. I say Miami and Chicago, uh, the Knicks in Chicago battle out for sixth. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty open, I feel like. Obviously, there's the Lakers and the Nets. But other than that, I feel like the talent is spread so well across the league that it's going to just help everybody. It's going to be an interesting year. It always is. Of course, injuries, you never know. I think the Nets drama with Kyrie Irving is going to make it very hard for them to win a championship. Bucks lost PJ Tucker. Sixers have drama with Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I think I think it's wide open. I really do. 
the final thing I want to ask you, and I, I asked you about it the last time, and I know you probably won't be able to confirm or deny. Is Friday Night Next coming back? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. You like you like the uh, Robert Randolph band? You like that? It it was the it's like the best. I thought it like everybody knew who it was, and then you ask people from like not around our area, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" But it it's the best thing ever. Well, their first Friday night game is at Orlando. They open up on a Wednesday at home against Boston on the 20th, 22nd at Orlando Friday night. Stephen, you got to watch. I'm, I really don't know if Friday night Knicks is coming back or not. Well, I, I guarantee when I'm watching and if it's not there, I'm just going to sing the song to myself because I don't know, like okay. that stands out to me so much. I, it's, I don't know how else to put it. It's like my favorite sports theme song probably ever. Well, Hopefully it's back. I, I, I don't know if it is, but hopefully uh, for your sake, it is. Yeah. Like I said, the last time we talked a few months ago, you and the entire crew enhance the experience so much. We all appreciate it so much. If you don't have access to New York, New Jersey television, just try to find a way. Watch the MSG pre and post game show. It's truly the best. Like I live in New Jersey so I have SNY, Gary, Keith, and Ron, the best in baseball. You guys, the best in basketball. Mike Breen, Walt Frazier, Rebecca Harlow, all of you guys in the studio. It's the best, and just thank you once again. Well, that's really nice of you to say. I appreciate the support, and uh, it's great to be on with you again. That's Bill Pito. I, I mean, if you're not a Knicks fan, you probably didn't make it this far, but, like, you should be. They're going to be pretty good. Thank you again, sir. Okay, my man. Be good. We'll talk to you soon, Steve, okay? Later on. Okay, buddy. Bye.